Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Bum bum dum 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 dum. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter Is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue the rewatch with season four, episode seven, titled "Mockingbird," written by D and D David Benioff and DB Weiss, directed by Alec Sakharov. What an episode it was. I am Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We're coming off quite the banger last week with the Laws of Gods and Men, Tyrion's trial. Um, and we we kind of deal with the fallout briefly here. Mm. Tyrion, you know, scrambling uh, and, and everything that goes with that. Little finger plotting up in the veil. It's a good one. It's a good mm. one. How do you how are you feeling about this one overall? Oh man. No, I was uh they're really building up Tyrion's like death here. Like mm. they're like I knew what all comes of this and I know like he you know, how Oberyn eventually will die and everything. You know, I, I knew what, what all that comes, but I forgot the build up to it. Like and just how hopeless they're, like Tyrion they, is right now. They're um, doing a lot to mirror Ned Stark and Tyrion's demises. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Ooh, uh, okay. There's a specific shot where it's when Oberyn comes in at the very end, where the screen starts black and then it slowly lights up oh. Tyrion's face as he like kind of looks up, yeah. and it's like a perfect. It's exactly what happened in the season one, either penultimate. It, it was the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Varys came down and yeah, 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 yeah. came in with the torch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't didn't even think about that, but no, they're they're definitely. Like the suspense is is building for no, real. They do for, a really good job okay. here, and yeah. and what's funny is like they, this is the sort of thing that benefits from them having killed Ned Stark in season one. <laughs> you know true, what I'm saying? Actually, yeah, like because he could actually go. Like it's yeah, like, like and the stakes are actually there. This guy is probably the most likable person in the show at this moment. You know, besides Daenerys, but mm. she's not in any direct danger or anything. So like. You, you genuinely believe Tyrion could die. You've watched Rob Stark go down. You've watched Ned Stark go down. You're like, why can't Tyrion? You know, like that's, uh, if there's anybody who seems like you will go down. It is Tyrion. But, uh, yeah, we've got it. We got a goodie here. We got a few locations. Let's see. Three, four, five, six, six, which is the most in a couple weeks. Um, but we will begin in King's Landing if you are prepared. I am prepared. Let's do Let's it. Let's go ahead and ride. In his cell, Tyrion and Jamie discuss Tyrion's fate and the irony of Lord Tywin striking down both heirs if Jamie were to die being his champion. You know, I loved this little conversation with him being like, uh, you know, I, I, I can't save you this time, man. You know, uh, as much as I'd like to. And this is just a very nice excuse. You know, he wouldn't do it anyway, even if his hand, if, even if his hand were okay. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, and I don't know. I think it was really sad Tyrion being like, um, like he ex- fully expected Jamie to fight for him. Like at least that's w- what I got out of this. Like he was like, um, I think that I don't know because he was smiling and all kind of witty for a little bit. And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll do it for me right and then when jamie was actually like no like i even if i could i couldn't he he like started kind of freaking out being like oh wait a minute like oh wait a minute like yeah. if jamie's not gonna do it all i'll get braun to do it for me he fought for me yeah one. but then he like the way he plays with him there and he's like but can you imagine if you were to die trying to save me how our our family name would just be wiped out like it wouldn't that be hilarious and they both just kind of like they both just kind of were like Haha, yeah that would be hilarious fuck our dad uh, yeah like yeah it's tempting actually like, yeah <laughs> to actually think about that as an option but yeah no, no yeah that was it's one of those scenes between jamie and Tyrion. they don't get a lot of scenes together but every time they do it's always it's always pretty impactful i always enjoy mm. it but uh jamie declines to be Tyrion's champion of course as he cannot fight well with the left and Tyrion's like, well, then can you can you talk to Bronn for me? Bring him to me, and I'm hoping he'll stand for me like he did once upon a time. And Jamie's like, I don't know. And Tyrion's like, why? Who's she picking? And then we get a nice little cut to Gregor Clegane just murdering Damn. prisoners. Uh, just killing prisoners because that's what he needs to do to train. Is that is this like really the best training they have for him? You know, just killing unarmed, no battle, like, the, you know, I mean, is it just that he's so good that he doesn't even need training anymore? You know, really, it's just, let's just let him, let him. I'm guessing so. Maybe these are just, maybe they're just letting Gregor work on his shit <laughs> while committing executions. You know, like, maybe these people were going to the chopping block anyway. That's and fair. They were like, you know what? If you got to get some, sh- if you got to do some shit, you go ahead. Because apparently he's just arrived in King's Landing, also. Mm. Uh, Cersei, Cersei's mm-hmm. like, welcome to King's Landing. They just had this like kind of ready for him. They were like, we'll make sure we have a load of prisoners <laughs> ready for him, for yeah. him to murder upon. I arrival. hope it's that way. I hope it's not that they were like, oh, the mountains coming in. We just need some some random people for him to kill. Let's uh, just, all right, let's you just farmer, you whatever, you just come here, like. Uh, no, they're def- they they're definitely from the cells. Like they are definitely prisoners that he is uh, that he is murdering, which doesn't make it better by any means. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, the, yeah, that's why they had such an abundance of them ready to just unload on the mountain. They they weren't just like we need volunteers. No, they were like, uh, you you're going to go hang out with the mountain and you'll probably die today. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big boy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and that's Four. a real human too. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a real human. That's a real man. Uh, like, and he is that large. Yeah, what's his name? I can never remember his Thor name. Bjornsson or something. Like, I think it's like yeah. very Fjord, Swedish. Yeah, Fjord sure. Bjornsson. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he actually is Swedish, but I just think, I don't know, it sounds very Swedish. Pretty sure that's Swedish. Um, Thor Bjornsson. It's yeah. B J O R N S O N N. Yeah, that's Jorgensen. That's that's. I'd say that's probably Swedish, but um, no, he. I mean, they 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 switched the actor a couple this times. Right? The last, it wasn't always this him. The last switch. Yeah, this yeah, is the first time he's shown up in the role. That's right. Um, I think this is the third actor to play the mountain. 
they had someone different in season one and they had someone different in season two. And I don't think he was in season three at all. Mm. So, uh, this is, this is the first time and the last time that, uh, we will see, you know, uh, an actor change or not the first time, mm. just the last time. Is this the uh, first time he actually spoke or was, did he actually have some lines before? I think he's had lines. I think he had lines up at, uh, uh, Heron Hall. Yeah. At like, some point. I think I, that's what I remember as well. But like here, it's pretty simple. He's like, all right, who am I going to kill or who do oh, I have? And in his first appearance, when he like cuts off the horse's head and gets into all that and fights the hound and stuff, I'm pretty sure he yells some shit like, uh, about how mm. it's not fair or something like that. Like he's just a giant man, baby. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Cersei approaches him and is like, thank you for returning to King's Landing. And, uh, he's like, who do I have to fight? She goes, does it matter? That was, no, uh, that was kind of hard. That yeah. was kind of hard, you know? Yeah, it did uh, go hard. I mean, God. I mean, cause yeah, does it matter? No, no, not really at all. Like, is there a name that they could say that he would be like, oh, okay, maybe I actually have to train now? Like, no, I think everything, anything they could have said is an intense enough man that if they were like, Barristan, sell me. You know, he'd have been like, fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even, yeah, he wouldn't bat an eye, even if it is the greatest sword in Westeros. You know, he'd just kind of be like, anyone there is, I'll just outmuscle them eventually, which is what he does. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Quite effective. Quite effective. But, uh, next up, we see Braun visiting Tyrion in in the Black Cells, and he's all dressed up. He's looking primp. (laughs) <laughs> and preen. Uh, usual clothing, Bron. You know what are you doing? What have you been up to? Yeah, Tyrion's like, well, I have been married off to Lollis <laughs> Stokeworth. Hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Did are you aware that Lollis has an older sister, Bron? Uh, oh yeah. And that Lollis will not be getting the inheritance, and oh, she will if her older sister dies before her father does. So, in so. Cersei set up this to happen, right? So that Bronn wouldn't fight for him. So that so she gave yeah. him gave him a marriage. So Bronn probably took it upon himself to be like, "No, I want the younger." Like, do you think it was Bronn that decided to want the younger sister, or like Cersei just not giving him the sweetest part of the deal, like actually getting the inheritance or whatever? And because in my head, I'm like, yeah, Bronn just wanted a younger wife because he knew that he could just kill. The old, like the old, right. he just wanted the younger one, you know, or something like that. Yeah, no, like, um, uh, I, I didn't think about it like that. The way that I took it was that, um, uh, that the older sister's already married, but because, oh, uh, I guess I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I yeah, took it that the older sister's already married, maybe they don't have kids, and therein there wouldn't be an heir to pass it on oh, to, okay. you know, uh. Okay. I thought he was just trying to get like the sweetest part of the deal, you know. He was like, "Well, right. no, I'd rather take the younger one, and I'll kill, I'll kill the older one eventually to get the castle or whatever." Um, I also took this uh to mean that Cersei assured him she would kill her. Ah, okay, that's Bron. I, I know Bron's more than willing, you know. Uh, and I wouldn't put it past him, that's but true. I think this it's is it coming might be, from Cersei. It is a yeah, deal. Cersei's from probably him. like, "Hey, and we can hook you up a little bit, you know. Like, we got you." Um. <laughs> And he's like, one more time, bro. Help me out one last time. I will be in your debt forever. 
Uh, and he's like, no, no, I've already got riches. I've got gold. I need a huge fucking castle. Do you have any castles? And he's like, no, I don't have any castles, but I could do this and I might do this and I may do this. And he's like, yeah, you could and you might and you may, but, uh, I know where I am and, uh, you're a good little dude, but no, nah, I can't do this shit, man. Uh, he's like, I he's like you. He's, yeah, he's like, I like you, but I like myself a little more, you yeah. know? And I, it was just like, it's like it, and, and the, the line where he's like, how can I even be mad, man? Like you, I, am I supposed to be mad because you're a shitty dude with no conscience and no loyalty to anybody? That's why I liked you in the first place, man. Yeah. Go ahead and do your thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's completely understood. You know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, it's the mountain. Okay. Like, it, yeah. like, I mean, even if it wasn't, if it was pretty much anyone, but like, well, and we already knew the mountain was like an uber powerful badass, but the way Braun describes him. Where Braun, you know, and I know Braun looks mm. out for his for his back, and he's like, I'm. Pr- he probably wouldn't fight him anyway, just because of his size. But he's like, the dude's giant. He's big. He's strong, and he is surprisingly fast for a man of that size. There's yeah. no fucking way I'm going to fight that guy. You and know what I'm saying? Like, like, I could try to run him out. I could dip and dodge as much as I can, but one wrong move, and that's it. You know. And, and- uh, if you recall, that's exactly what happens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They did some very good foreshadowing here. Yeah. Um, sad. Like, yeah, that's that's all I was remembering during this watch. Is like, oh, I'll just I'll, I'll save her as much as <laughs> you know, while we have them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. They, I mean, they're they're playing the mountain up. That's for sure. Like, it wasn't just oh, we need a big guy to come in and and do the killing. Like, they're really playing the mountain up as well. Um, which was which was nice. But yeah, it's. I mean. Poor, poor Tyr- like Tyrion in these cells. It's just it doesn't doesn't go well for him down there. Like never does. But this little goodbye mm. was really sweet, mostly because I uh, straight up don't think they see each other again. Really? Does yeah, Bronn leave think... King's Landing? No, he just... rides with Jamie. Tyrion leaves King's Landing. Oh. So even when, because Jamie smuggles them out, right, of King's Landing? Oh, they do see each other in season seven whenever they visit King's Landing. The North visits King's Landing and is like, yo, we got to figure some shit out, you know? Mm -hmm. Because there's like a big, like, they're like, you need to come North and help us defend against these motherfuckers because this is a problem. That's right. Uh, But here, very soon, it's real. I think this is it until then. Uh, Wow. Because, yeah, I, I guess it wouldn't make real sense if he's getting smuggled out if Braun's there. To be like, yeah, hey, no, I don't think he is. Whatever, I think, but... I, and, and this has the weight of a goodbye, you know, like whenever Tyrion's like, a, well, I guess I'll have to fight the mountain myself. And uh, he's like, what a song it will make. And, and, and Braun being oh. like, I hope to hear it one day. You know, like the most genuine thing Braun has ever said in yeah. this show. You know what I'm saying? Like you could tell, and that was a great little piece of acting by Jerome Flynn there. Mm. Uh, the actor for mm-hmm. uh, Braun, because like he's always really hard and uh, he's always got kind of the same expression, you know, but this is one of those scenes where he kind of shines in a way that he doesn't yeah. get a chance to a lot. Mm. And, uh, he kind of softens up there at the end, and I really, really appreciated that. Um, yeah, because a, a usual Braun line would have been like, "Ah, no, I fucking, I won't hear that. No one's gonna hear that song, you know." Or if like if it was if it was anyone else other than Tyrion, like he would have just had I some, you no know, funny. Hear that fucking yeah. song. Yeah, like, uh, but no, well, yeah, you're right. There was a. 
I didn't really realize it as a full goodbye, but like yeah, I knew it was a goodbye to... as like, yeah, oh, you're now. about to go against you're the gonna mountain, die. you're gonna die. Like, yeah, I got that, but like as far as they won't see each other again, actually. Um, I yeah, I don't I think they do until that. season seven at the earliest. Um, wow, but yeah, uh, mm. yeah there's some I... interesting trivia when we come to that that episode that I. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say now there, uh, Jerome Flynn and Lena Hetty had a relationship in real life. Um, they were, they, they were together. Um, the actors for Braun and Cersei, and they had a very, 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 very messy breakup. Ooh. Uh, they okay. never share a scene together. And, uh, there's a, uh, there's a moment in season seven, whenever they are doing that council, you know, Bronn and Podrick are there because Brienne's arriving. Podrick came with her. Bronn's with Jamie. Everyone's reuniting for a temporary time. Uh, but then Bronn, like, when everyone's there, like, Lena Hetty walks into screen and, like, Bronn, like, bumps Podrick with his elbow and is like, how about we let the lords do the talking? And they, like, leave. Really? Um, yeah, they they go, they get off screen. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. I know. Or I not think awesome, but, but uh, no, yeah, like, it's funny. It's definitely yeah. funny as fuck, but, uh, yeah, yeah so a lot of actual fun. relationships in the show. Like, yeah, Rose, Rose Leslie and Kit Harrington, of course. Yeah, an actual good one there. You know, yeah, yeah. At, I think they're expecting another child or something. I saw. Oh shit! Or maybe, I don't know. I, 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 maybe that was a different couple. Um, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. Maybe they've been popping babies out like crazy. I feel like. Um, yeah, I don't know where I saw that, but yeah, seven days ago, welcomed their second child. Um. I guess it's oh already it's a girl already born maybe um, so delighted to have welcomed a little girl into our family so yeah uh, have That's a two year old son and now a daughter so mm-hmm. love that for them mm-hmm. yeah but nevertheless we will then move on to the scene that holds three out of the four of my favorites here um, yeah. favorite yeah, scene favorite line and favorite performance all come from this one. Where Tyrion is approached by Oberyn Martell in the Black Cells. Where uh, performance-wise, I'm going to give this to Tyrion. This will be my scene, um, and hmm. I will get to the line before long. Yeah, I think this is actually a, a a clean sweep for me as well. I have two options for my performance, and it's either Peter Dinklage or Pedro Pascal. Um, Oberyn's getting the character. Um, this is the scene, and then one of my lines that I have is also from this scene as well. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, could could be the full clean sweep. Um, we shall see. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, he uh, he he tells Tyrion the story of a of a recent visit he got from uh, from this this cruel blonde woman. Uh, he's like, "Tell me all about it. I have all sorts of pleasures down here, but none of, none of the ones I like." Um, he's like your sister, and he goes, "Oh." Uh, but, uh, the way he explains it, he's like, uh, you know, she, she paid me a visit recently and we talked a lot about her daughter, but she, she tried so hard to make me think we weren't talking about you getting killed, um, that I think she even believed it herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he says something about how it's rare, you know, a, a a Lannister who has the same passion as him for dead Lannisters. Yeah, that that would be my line if uh, uh, if it is coming from the scene. I just I love just Pedro's delivery of every line that he says. He's so I don't good, know, man. This this, this whole storytelling thing, like it's a uh, 
Mm. It's incredible acting and to learn. I don't know if the, I think this was off mic. Mm-hmm. You told me that this was the first scene Pedro Pascal shot for the season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's insane to like, he already feels like he's so enveloped in the character already. Like that's, I never think about, I always think that they just go in chronological order and that's how mm. they do it because that would make the most sense for the character. But no, they just have to hop in wherever set they're on, whatever day no, they have to shoot. In theory, know, like, it would make a lot of sense that a lot of Tyrion's scenes in the cells, like over the course ah. of the entire season, we're kind of just like, let's do as many of these as we can today. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, I mean, for that little tidbit, I already had Pedro as maybe my performance and you given Peter Dinklage the nod. I'll, I'll give Pedro, um, I'll like my, my slot, I'll give it to Pedro. Because I don't know, that's... That's an, just, I love just the storytelling here. You're right, like, when he was just telling the whole story, like, and just the, like, emotions that are, like, enveloped, like, just, Tyrion's getting pretty teary-eyed, but, like, Oberyn is, as well, like, sort of, not, like, crying, but, I mean, he's... It's an emotional like, story, yeah, you like, know, it's, and he, uh, he's telling it, it, it kind of shows knows. his humanity in a way, like, the, yeah. uh, the, the empathy he holds for Tyrion and the reason he understands him and how long his understanding goes back you know like the uh when he's like you know we've met before he's like i, I believe i would have remembered that and he's like no I, I don't think you would you were just a you were a newborn baby basically and you know me and my sister elia we were coming to casterly rock my father was taking us and we'd heard tale of the the lannister monster he had a tail tucked between his legs and a head twice as large as the rest of his body and a glowing red eye hmm and uh, we we got there and we hung out with Cersei and Cersei was like uh, we we asked can we see him and Cersei was like later later and then we asked again and she said later and then one day she took us to see you and voila the monster and like, uh, I, I looked yeah, at sure, this is my line yeah. mm. this is my line whenever he goes uh I told her you know that's not a monster that's just a baby. And it's uh, it's that moment that Tyrion's performance, Peter Dinklage's performance, cinches it for me. Oh. Like the way he like reacts to that, like the amount, the the dissonance that this scene provides for Tyrion, the uh, for Peter Dinklage's performance, where you know, like this sort of like, wow, nobody's talked to me like this about anything like that. Yeah, and then for it to be swept in with you know, and then she pinched your dick until she th- I thought she would pinch it off and she was she's always fucking hated you ever since you were a newborn baby um yeah and Jamie the way that the like it turns into like a sorrow of like I never even had a fucking chance you know yeah. what I'm saying like uh it, yeah, that's it's the whole reason he was telling the story like he knew because he didn't come down there Tyrion didn't convince him to be his champion you know like no. he knew that he was going to be Tyrion's champion before but and then he was just you know, not going to come down and just be like, yeah, you know what? I've, I've decided I'm going to be your champion, Tyrion. Right. You're welcome. You know, he did it the perfect, like, I don't know, like, uh, gave him, like, I mean, maybe he, he was like, I might actually die through this. So I'm actually going to give you my, my reasoning. Every, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a little scared, but I don't, I don't think he was scared at all. I thought he, like, no, he, was he, very, uh, he's he very, has a drive that he knows the mountain yeah. doesn't in this fight, mm-hmm. you know, whenever he's like, uh, but I, I came here for justice. And he's like, then mm. you are in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. And I remember watching this for the first time whenever Oberon goes, no, I don't think I am. And being like, oh, shit. 
yeah and and Tyrion just kind of like looking up at him and him being like i will be your champion yeah yeah i was like like, no i'm in i'm in the perfect place to get the justice i want and and yeah no this this was without a doubt the scene like whenever i mean it's like this might be the like i know we were talking last week about how like the the trial might be the scene of the season but when i look back on season four this is a moment that sticks with me like extremely well um emotionally resonant i mean no battle no extreme action that's cool but like um the, just a badass moment like just you know it gets you to actually like scream yeah like yeah this yeah. is yeah like, fucking go you know like i don't know because yeah. like like at this point after braun and jamie like i don't think anyone like we fully know that pay or that Oberyn, you know decides to be his champion but like on first watch that has to be like I can't remember what my reaction was on first watch, but that that was probably quite the shock, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, just because they've been painting Oberyn as you know any Lannister he hates, like completely, you know. And even if Tyrion, you know, like they didn't get off on the best foot at all, but then they had that one conversation yeah. where they sort of, you know, like got along, I guess, if you want to say. But like, no, no immediate hints to be like, oh no, this dude will be Tyrion's champion, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, I feel like it's, that'd be quite the shock. This, I mean, it was, it was definitely the scene of, of the episode, but oh, I could no see, doubt. I could see it rivaling the, the, uh, in the terms trial. of just sheer but, excitement, you know, like yeah. uh, there's, and this was such a moment that I thought it was cut to black credits when he goes, I, I will be your champion. Like that's what I thought that moment mm. was. I thought that was the end of the episode. Um, but then we get in, uh, another scene that is even, even bigger uh but uh we will get there before mm-hmm. long we will be heading to marine next however mm-hmm. wherein daenerys is surprised by uh dario naharis in her private chamber she goes how did you get in here you know him being like well your door is well guarded but your windows are not i scaled the pyramid uh damn yeah <laughs> like Dude, I mean, way the fuck up there, man. I don't know how he did that. We were talking about how Oberyn has a drive that the mountain does. Dario has a drive that no other man, dude. And the way he hints, like the way the way that he, you know, like he does, like I I have two talents, you know, war and women. Uh huh. Please let me do what I do best. Send me somewhere to kill your enemies. Send yeah. me somewhere to do something like that. <laughs> let, let me fight oh, anybody you so want me good. to fight. But the subtext there is like, yeah, you, you know why I'm here. I, I swam a mile offshore for these flowers. Yeah. You know, like, I, like this dude, I, I, every time I see Dario now, I always think of like, if it's the other actor. Right. Like how, you know, like, that's like, always kind of what I'm thinking on this watch. But like, this... This Dario, like, I think he was doing pretty well here. No, like, this, this is this, this is his I'm, best scene yet. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm getting past that. Like, I'm not wishing for it to be the no, other Dario no, no one bit. Like, and I think that, like, and that's the thing is that I don't think any either one of them is necessarily better than the other at the performance of Dario Naharis. It's just that Ed Scrine felt a lot more like this medieval fantasy type. Like, he looked like fucking Fabio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was his vibe. Uh, but. Uh, Michael Huisman has done more than to uh, step and fill those shoes and do mm-hmm. a, do a very good job in the role because he's quite as prominent as I remember uh, throughout season four. This is kind of when he starts to become more prominent because he's in Daenerys's bed and stuff. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, no, this is a, this is a good, good fucking scene. But, uh, the way that, uh, you know, Danny's like, I, I've got the second sons out there, you know, patrolling the streets. And she, he's like, yeah, you do that fucking blows though, man. I don't want to be doing that. She's like, you swore your sword to me. And he's like, yeah, and it's yours till the day I die. You tell mm-hmm. me to stay here and patrol the streets. That's what I'll fucking do. I'm just asking you to do. So, I'm just asking you to give me an opportunity to do something else, you know. Uh, and uh, good salesman. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Dude knows how to how to talk. One hundred percent. Yeah. And Danny's like, uh, "All right, yeah, pour some wine." She <laughs> goes, "Do what you do best." And he's like, uh, "What what would you what would you have me do, my lady? What do you take mean off by your that? clothes?" Okay. Uh, Game on. He said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he he slowly disrobes, and Daenerys's eyes wander from the from the top of his head right on down to his dick, mm-hmm. and that's where the scene scene cuts off. That's a. <laughs> oh, I love how it just cuts straight to Jorah, though. Like it's yeah. like it just it, it like, you, like you, you, you know this idea. you know who yeah. this hurts <laughs> you know exactly what's happening in that bedroom and you know exactly who would feel the worst about it yeah, yeah. let's cut right to him but oh um, no. it's, it's so demoralizing for my man Shora dog this yeah. whole fucking thing yeah. dude yeah, uh, yeah yeah doesn't go well for Jora here these next couple no, of interactions no. but, but man now yeah I, I just he's walking in he's like what why the why the fuck are you here? You know, and then, and then Dario drops the line of like, "Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. She's it's a good, good time. time. Yeah, she's in a, good in a mood. very good mood." And, and Jora, from then on, is like, ah. "Right, ah, oh, motherfucker." Yeah, and when Danny's like, "You're here early," and he's hmm. like, "Later than some." God, yeah, he's so pissed. Danny turns around. She's like, "Excuse you," and yeah, uh, he's you don't like, approve. Hey, he's like, hey, you do you. I'm just saying, not a good look. You know, we got shit to do. Yeah, and he's uh, he's playing the angle of like uh, he like she's like you don't approve, and he's like, well, no, I don't trust that guy. You know, he yeah. like he he t- beheaded his leaders and put them on your. It's it's not like he's he's trying to spin like the war angle or like the strategy yeah. angle, but in reality, it's just like no, I don't want you to be with any other guy other than me, Daenerys. So you you fourteen well, year old child. Even what's I gotta guess is happening within the next couple episodes is you know i don't trust that guy how did we meet him what uh you know like mm. what did he do to come into mm-hmm. your company uh and you're just gonna let that guy become your closest counsel and into your That's bedroom fair. and everything it is, you know? it is it is fair but i i think jorah's just he doesn't want to say what he really wants to say mm. you know I, but it is it is actually you know all of his counsel is pretty wise no, it is. And I'm just, I just think about how it applies to Jorah himself, you know? It's funny him being a little hypocritical. Ah, uh, okay. That's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Now I see. No, yeah. yeah that's... Like he's like, you know, uh, what, and, and it really broad strokes, like, what did he do to get here? You know, he, he did something terrible and now, now he serves you. That's essentially what Jorah did. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, mm. and the, but the jealousy is what drives him to be like, therefore we can't trust him. Yeah. Whereas if it was himself and him asking for a second chance, it's like, why, how could you not trust me? You know, like I've, I've been by your side for so long, et cetera. You know, like that's a, that's the, mm. the funny little dichotomy there. But, um, 
Dora's not quite amused, and Daenerys dismisses concerns about her intimate life. And Daenerys tells Dora, you know, she sent Dario and the Second Sons to take Yunkai once again to regain control over the city. And as a little sub, uh, little subtitle here, kill all the masters. Uh, just round them up and murder them all. Um, Jorah's like, whoa! Jorah's like, okay. okay. Like, sure. Well, but, yeah. uh, no. I get it. I do. Um, but don't you feel that that might be a tad much? And what's funny is, you know, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jorah's reasoning here. I do get Jorah's reasoning. Mm. But this is one of the things where it's like, uh, at this point in time, you're just Daenerys is right. You know, like you, you feel like she's good. She's the one whose rule we are like, we want to follow. And if she, you know, slavery, slavery, bad and slavery, hard to mm. not get behind, you know, yeah. and, and slavery by killing all the people who owned slaves. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was just personal with him. He was like, well, I mean, I wouldn't be here. You know, he's like, if 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 you were doing that, like, I I would be dead by by your logic here. Um, and I think you know he was. I think what was his reason before that? Like, you know, it'd be nice to paint your enemies as evil, but it's not always that way. Like, there's always yeah. He says something about how there's good and bad on every side in every war, yeah. and I not a fan of that logic. Um, sometimes he, he there's just bad. Just, he, like, maybe should have just said, like, uh, instead of, like, debating whether these people are moral or evil or not, just being, like, whether the act itself of Daenerys killing all of these people mm -hmm. will be good for her reign or not. Yeah, you know, you know like, maybe, she, like... Whenever she goes, like, a, you know, so you you don't think that treating people like animals and hurting them and doing doing this is is evil? And he's like, I absolutely do. I don't think that's cool. But what you're doing is the exact same thing, hurting them and killing them. Like that's, that's literally treating men like animals. Uh, and she's like, yeah, but they're shitty people and I'm not. So we're good. Um, <laughs> at least give them the choice then, you know, let's, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the best, the best way to actually go about it. I mean, like I, it's good to, I think, you know, killing them. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty efficient. I'm all right with that. I can, go. I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm there too. But uh, but this way it's kind of more badass to be like, hey, I I can kill you and I have the power to kill you if I want. I'll give you the choice if you yeah. want to continue living. Yeah, send uh, send his Darzolarak out there, um, and let him let them know, you know. Uh, so this is the deal. All the wise masters of Marine have been uh, crucified. Uh, y'all can meet the same fate, or y'all can just fucking stop. How's that? Um, and I felt like that was that's that's a good conclusion to this, you know. Mm. Uh, and, and like Daenerys, like giving Jorah like this this little like ounce of little win like, dopamine. You know? Yeah, this let like, Dario know that you're you are who changed my mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and he was like, yes. Yes, no. I will let him know. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I will let him know, Daenerys. Thank you for that. Um, I don't know. It's I just it's small victories. <laughs> yeah, poor Jorah. I don't know. You're just you're just you know quite out of your prime for Daenerys. I'd say you're 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 a good guy ish, um, but just not not a not in the game for Daenerys, especially when Dario's right there. Sorry, sorry, Jorah, but uh. I don't think any anyone's turning down Dario 
um, at this time. Uh, it's no. one of his two talents. So yeah, war and women. That's kind of what he's got. Yeah. He's 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 on it like that. But uh, we will then head to Dragonstone, where Queen Selyse speaks to Melisandre, who is uh, enjoying a bath. Um, and something that we haven't pointed out at all so far is uh, how visually brilliant this episode is. Once again, the director of photography, uh, Fabian Wagner, uh, something that really stood out was uh, the way that he handles the uh, the way that he handled the nudity in this episode mm. is really effective, you know, because I think it's whenever it comes to like uh, ratings you know, like this is TV MA, so they're gonna they're gonna show ass and titties. You know, like it's it's just it's just a fact of life mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but whenever stuff isn't that, the the like extremes certain people will go to to hide the nudity while also being like, yeah, and they're also naked. You know, like the the things they'll do to like block it. Uh, I like the way that he like balanced it. There's something really effective about the way he shoots Melisandre from like straight on and the way her arms are like mm. tilted up on the sides of the tub. It like perfectly covers her chest at points, but then she'll like put them down and it's like, it's a, it's a back and forth. I think is re- that's really mm. effective. It makes it sort of, uh, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a way to shoot these nude scenes that aren't just like, look at this, look at them. It is was that- like it's actually being used for Celise to kind of be awkward about it too. Like mm-hmm. you, you see it and like you're like, oh, well, there's Melisandre's tits, you know. And the, but but you see like Celise walk in and be like, oh, I can't. Like look at yeah. that. And then they start to hide it a little bit and like it's not shown. And then she walks in. Like it's. I feel like it's actually being used like for that too. And just to to make Melisandre seem like this. Like even though Celise is a queen here. You know, like, that's definitely not the dichotomy that's going on, like, or that's not the relate, like, the tier level that's going on here, like, um, Melisandre is definitely the, the more yeah. powerful or, like, presence, I yeah. guess, uh, not, like, literal, but, like, but just, well, like, this was the first time I think, I can't really, I, I wanted to work through what Selyse's mind is stirring over here, because mm-hmm. there's an element that's, uh, uh, it's not, it's obviously not lustful, you know, her admiration for her body. Mm. I mean, she looks, she looks Melisandre up and down and rather mm-hmm. slowly just kind of yeah. works, works her way down with her eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, it's the first time I think we've seen like an ounce of jealousy, like a, a, a tiny conflict of faith mm-hmm. within Celise, whereas she's always just been like, he is the Lord of Light. We follow your bidding. Yes. You know, and she's explaining the potions and like this one will drive a man mad with lust. And she's like, did you by chance use that on Stannis? No, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I, I, I'm just like that. Um, and I, and I think walks, walks yeah. away and she just kind of goes, everything is fine as long as the Lord of Light bids it. So like, it's kind of like reassuring herself. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I have like an accurate yeah. read on this scene. No. Yeah. Okay. I think she, she looked her up and down to be like, Oh, well, like this is yeah. who my who my you know husband got with. Is does it make you know this? It's making sense. And Melisandre <laughs> even brings it. Things brings it are up. adding up. Like yeah, she's uh, like you know men men never crave what they already have or like something like you know. And it's like it's only flesh. Like you know, for her to like just to be like ah, it's it's whatever. We just we just did the thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's it's more of just like 
she's in this constant back and forth of rationalizing it and being like, yeah, it's okay. It's in the name of the Lord of Light. It has to be okay. It's it's what had to happen. But yeah. then also just the human way of thinking of being like, no, that that was my husband and you like that's I don't know. Like that I think it's just that constant back and forth there and um because I, even I think in some earlier episodes we were talking about how like she was just actually so far gone with the Lord of Light that she doesn't even really think of it as an act of of like betrayal or or like an unfaithful act. But I think that like this this definitely goes kind to show re- that she, she definitely is it. is thinking about it, yeah, um, and not fully okay with it. Um, but yeah, because I mean, I think why would she? Like, did you use that on my husband? Like, I don't think that line isn't in there. Um, and then M- Melisandre would be like, no, no, I didn't, not at all. I think, I, I don't think that's in there unless they, they want to show that Selyse is somewhat jealous. Right. A little bit. Um, but yeah, I think a, a little from this scene, everyone's, fo- I mean, focused on just the nudity and stuff, but uh, there's like a a little interesting thing that she doesn't have her necklace on here um, at all. Oh yeah, she and, doesn't. And like, whenever she takes it off, eventually, you know, it does. Ariel, that does get retconned. Doesn't um, peop- it? Yeah, people were were wondering if like, if maybe the little blue bottle that she had Celeste grab uh, to bring over is like the little thing that fixes that or whatever for the time being or or like whatever. But people are like, it's like a little plot hole that doesn't matter whatsoever no. yeah like it doesn't matter but i love that people are always like yeah no we have to fix it and it has to like because she takes the necklace off and eventually dies we have to make sure that this works in universe and it's like they just weren't thinking about that no you know? not yet. Like, it just wasn't just written that way in yet. a bathtub and yeah. naked and it's like yeah we it, it's just not how it was yet but um i was just i love no that's interesting i used to and i used to be that way totally with like marvel no. and all the other no, shows I'd be like oh no like they for sure would have thought about this right now and it has to be a plot hole so how do how does it end up working yeah. um but yeah no, the I little blue that. bottle is is what uh people go with is that that little and it's definitely just some like essential oil to make her bath smell better you know like right. it was literally that was it she's like i'm not gonna have a good bath in a long time so i'm gonna make this one count um yeah. so like she just sprinkled in some stuff or whatever but i love it um, i love it no that's funny yeah. i hadn't even that hadn't even occurred to me but uh i love the way Celise is like uh yeah, I'm not real happy about what Stannis wants to do here, man. She wants to take he wants to take our fucking daughter, who I just can't fucking stand. Um I mean she I, I don't I don't want to do that. And Mel Sanders like, ah it's it's gonna be fine. Uh we're uh, where we're going, she'll be needed. Um Eesh Eesh yeah, this was this was just hard to hear, you know. Yeah, like, it was like, it, wow, yeah, she's just been kind of she's been kind of holding on to this one, you know. Mm-hmm. She's been putting it off for as long as she could, I think, uh, sacrificing Shireen, but yep. uh, yep. she knows one day she's gonna have to. So she's like, you know what? Let's go ahead and bring her. Uh, ah, yeah, that's uh, oh, it was just rough. Like yeah. and like, kind of breaking the ice early to be like. Yeah, like, you know, the Lord of Light needs, will take anyone, and it, and even if it's someone close to you, like, that's gotta be okay. You know, like, I forgot, like, what the line, or the verbiage was immediately, or, like, right away, but, um, like, kind of, like, breaking the ice early, just to be like, yeah, no, your daughter will eventually, you know, we'll just burn her at the stake, 
just probably going to happen. We'll just break that news early to you, I guess, but not not <laughs> totally. Yeah, because on first watch, you're just like, you have no idea that nope. that like she's actually no gonna clue. gonna get burned. But man, yeah, that's rewatch is like it's a whole different thing. Just yeah, knowing what comes, like it's like kind of heartbreaking, Oberyn. man. Yeah, like Oberyn, yeah. I'm savoring every sweet moment, but then like a moment like this, it's like oh, oh. It, just, it just feels worse. I, like, I've been totally yeah, occupied like... <laughs> with this other thing I'm savoring that I forgot that that's definitely gonna happen. You know, like uh, there's 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 just so much bad shit that happens in the show that you just gotta mm. it 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 comes as it comes. But uh, uh, we're we're next at the wall. Mm-hmm. Where John and his fellow brothers return from Craster's Keep. Um, and everyone's greeting them, but, uh, Alistair Thorne can't wait to, uh, just get John, just, just come at him for some reason, hey, you know, you gotta... your fucking wolf can't have that. <laughs> no place for a beast here. It seems, it even seems that like, that wasn't even on his mind when he came out. He was like, Hey, Lord Snow. Snow. And then, and he, then like, he like looked around. He's like, Oh yeah, that, you're fucking, that. we you're can't fucking have wolf. that dog here. And it's like. Why wouldn't you? Like, you're about to be attacked, Castle Black, at any moment. That's the best warrior you got on your whole fucking squad, other than John. Like, you don't have anyone else there that could do that, like, fighting as, like, I don't know. I I don't think I'd want that, that dire I don't think I would job. either. I um, don't think I would either. Yeah. But, uh. I guess he doesn't make the best of, de- best of decisions for the wall. Uh, no, he's, and that's something that kind of stood out in this one, is that he's trying his best to belittle John as much as he can, even at the cost of the men's lives. Like in the next scene, when John's trying to convince them to barricade the wall, uh, let's collapse the tunnel, fill it with ice and rock. And let's, let's do it that way. And he's denied after being reminded, you know, the, the, the wall has stood for a thousand years and never once have we had to seal the tunnel. Never once in your history, Sir Alistair Thorne, did your numbers dwindle to 102. Uh, you can't afford that. Like, you got to go ahead and go, let's recognize the situation we're in. He's got an army of tens of thousands. What is it? A hundred thousand wildlings. Is that what they're, is that what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yep. A hundred thousand strong. I think maybe 110 was thrown in there. Yeah. Maybe. It was like every, every single one of them needs to kill a hundred men. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it is a little bit of Thorn just knowing that they're going to die, you know, and he wants to protect like, their pride. Yeah, I guess. And then also shit on John as much as possible before he dies. Maybe, you know, it's like, um, well, I think there's also the perspective that Thorn knows there's going to be a vote for the uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. And John's going with this logical side of things that is. Uh, the antithesis to what the Night's Watch is typically about. That's right. So Alistair Thorne's whole kind of campaign is just kind of being like, I do what the wall does. Uh, You know, like, I I do what the Night's Watch is known to do, you know? So, like, he's just trying to, you know, I think that's kind of it. I forgot, because whoever the guy from King's Landing, the bald... uh, Slint. Yeah, Slint. Uh, Whenever he's like, yeah, you know that vote's coming up, and they don't like you at all. Uh, I think, like, because he, like... Thorne was even like, you know, John, what are you? You're a steward. Who's actually in charge of the of the tunnel? The builders. What does the builder think? You know, he's like not even making the decision on his own. He's trying to like rope everyone into it. And then even that that builder guy, he's like, 
I like I'm pretty sure he agrees with John. One hundred percent does. Yeah, but he's like, ah, well, now you kind of put me in a, in a shitty situation, Thorn. Thank you, you know, a lot. Boy, like, he's kind of like, um, no, yeah, uh, you know, he's like, I guess not, uh, Sir Alistair. You know, uh, it's is it he? It's like he knows John's right, but does he want to be the act? Because now the decision falls on him. Do you want to yeah. be the first guy to actually seal the wall for good? You know, uh, the man. whole have you have you ever seen a giant, Sir Alistair? He's like, no, He's like, I have. Doesn't a giant literally, like, but isn't that what actually happens? To yes. Uh, <laughs> was, oh man, the giant That's lifts curious. the fucking gate. You know, he's like, uh, yeah. he, he says like something about how you four know, inches uh, thick, like it's, no, it's made no of four inch giant. steel, and he's like, it's not enough. You know the way John's like, it's it's just not enough. There is actually a. One of the coolest, like, uh, it, like next episode is so fucking good. Like, it is, it is a great, great episode of this show. Um, but someone that we're gonna, or not next episode, uh, episode nine, the the finale or the penultimate to the finale. Mm, uh, mm. All it, at the wall. That's gonna be nuts. I Got think it. that's the last episode we have. Gren, if I'm not mistaken. <gasps> No. Uh, Is that yeah. who I'm thinking of? Grenz, uh, who holds the tunnel. No. Yeah. Oh, he's actually, he's one of the good ones, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dang. I, I didn't know if I was confusing him for the. We might the lose Pip hair. as well. Yeah, Pip. That's who I was thinking of. I, I think we I, lose him too. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, we lose both I, of them. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hold on to Dolores' said though, which is nice. Yeah, not a lot of people make it out of that battle, huh? No, no. Um, We're kind of left with John, Sam. Gilly. Does Gilly find her way back? Like, how does how do they find each other again? Yes, I, think, I think she shows up to the wall early next episode. Um, because she hides away underneath mm-hmm. the castle. Um, and Jano oh. Slint eventually hides under there. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he guides with that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. He can't, yeah, he yeah, just goes. Pretty, on pretty fucking terrible. But uh, uh, we are next in the Riverlands, where Arya and Sandor Clegane, the Hound, encounter a dying man in a ransacked village, and mm. Sandor gives the man uh, a gift of mercy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, th- this whole conversation was fucking incredible, by the way. Yeah, this, this was my other line things. that might have been. Yeah. Uh, instead of Oberyn, it was just the, the inter- like, the interaction that Arya had with him. Like, you know, nothing could be better than this. You know, like, this is the worst shit you could ever be going through. And he was just like, maybe nothing is worse than this. You know, like, yeah. like uh, there's no way to know. Like, it was just a very philosophical. I mean, the very. Yeah, and Arya being like, there is no, nothing isn't yeah, like, good or bad. Nothing is just nothing. And the, like, no one arc that she'll eventually go on. Like, mm-hmm. it was really nice just to, to hear it here. So that that's why, like, I put it well, in And here. just kind of a... This is something that I think this show uh, loses by having 13 episodes over two seasons and season seven and season eight, you know? Uh, I enjoy season seven and season eight, but you do not have scenes like this. This random fucking encounter where the Hound and Arya... Are just yeah. walking along, and they they happen upon this dude, and he's dying, and they have mm-hmm. this whole conversation. It's one of Arya's like 
it's a very formative moment on Arya and a very formative moment for the character, the Hound, which is why he gets my character for the episode. Love the Hound in this one. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, him being like, like the respect he shows this man, you know, like he, he's just kind of like, ah, damn, mm-hmm. that's not good, man. Yeah. You need help. And he's like, I don't think there's much help I can get. And he's like, well, I can do my best, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and the way he, yeah. he kills him and he, you know, and whenever he looks at him and the hound just kind of like nods at him, not like, uh, it's like, just kind of like you, you it was a, this. you've gone, you've gone the, through yeah. hell and. The best kind of moment you could have at the end there, you know, just two random people coming up, probably thought he was already dead and he didn't like this conversation wasn't even real, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, but no, the hound, like, yeah, before he met Arya, it would have just been like slices through, you know, something something right away and like not even thought about it. Um, but no, like even use it as a lesson to be like, yeah, that's where the heart is. That's how you kill a man. Like, yeah, That's, that's where the heart is. Yeah, that's how you kill a man. And then he gets ambushed, and someone starts biting his <laughs> fucking neck, like right in that, that fucking is moment. Not how you kill a man. No, yeah, it's not how you kill a man. Uh, <laughs> but he immediately snaps the dude's neck on his shoulder when he bites him, uh, and is just Ooh. like bleeding from the neck. And then it's Rorge. Rorge is back, yeah. and he's uh, like, Ah, Arya's like, Yo, this motherfucker. <laughs> What the fuck, man? He said he would fuck me bloody with a sword. I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. You know, Sandor being like, is he on your little list? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm gonna take a step back on this one. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, she's like, I can't, he can't be on the list. I don't know his name. What's your name? <laughs> you know, I like that. Wasn't yeah. it the hound who asked? Yeah. No, like, yeah. The like, hound is immediately. Name? Yeah. What's your name? Roach. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, little dance move there, right, you know? That right was, to like, his heart, also. Boom. That's where the heart is. That's how you kill a man. Immediate yeah. little pull through from that, uh, a, which yeah, is very great cool. Scene. Great little scene here. And yeah, yeah. If, if this one didn't have Oberyn volunteering to be uh, Tyrion's champion, this was going to be my scene yeah, up this until was that good. moment. I'm uh, glad he gets the character nod, though, so we can actually like... Well, and this isn't really the last the last little bit with him that I, I really, really liked. There's a there's there's another moment here before long that I absolutely adore, but uh you know, uh after after all this, uh the hound is kinda clumsily trying to dress his wounds from the biter. And mm. Arya's like, yo, I can I can burn that, I can I, I can do something for you. He's like, No, no fire. Uh and they go back and forth for a second. He asks you know, so your brother gave you that sword, and he's like, yeah. And, or she, she's like, yeah. And he's like, my brother gave me this. And he tells the whole story about his, his facial scars being yeah. burnt. Like, burnt finally opening him. up. Like, he opened up. Like, Arya wasn't, like, that was voluntary. poking yeah. around. He was like, I guess uh, she was like, all right, you know, let me burn it. And he was like, no fire, no fire, no fire. So maybe he had to justify it. But no, like, yeah. I, I feel like he was... He was really opening up he on his own. Doesn't have to, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Everyone, he's always shown that he's afraid of fire, and never once has he tried to explain yeah. why he's afraid of mm-hmm. fire. Like you look at his face, and you know why he's afraid of fire. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. uh, he, he he provides a justification that he's never really, you know. Littlefinger says something to, I think it was Sansa in the first episode that was like, or second or third episode or something, where he's like, "Yeah, don't ask him about that, though." 
you know you don't yeah you don't want to ask no him. man even lives to hear yeah. apparently there yeah. is a tale but no man lives to hear it or something yeah. you know or like i don't know if he actually says that but but, but no, it was, I, yeah. I was very close also to going with rory mccann as sandor for this hmm. moment whenever he's telling the story and he's like uh Arya's like why'd he do it he's like uh, he thought i stole this toy you know i didn't steal it i was just playing with it yeah. you know like uh to uh to be trapped in that moment you know because like he becomes when he says that that's he sounds like a kid you know like yeah. to be like yeah, eternally like, trapped in that moment kind of i was like, just playing with it yeah like yeah. like i was just playing with it man yeah it, like man no this this is a man a really good scene a fantastic Start, scene, starting dude. off with like the dying man the lesson learned right mm-hmm. there and then opening up like to all right that man i like this whole Arya yeah, and the Hound I, is so good. The yeah, Hound had a really, really good episode for me, so uh, I, I went ahead and gave him another character yeah, nod here. I like that. Um, huh. But yeah, he's like, so so you really think you're alone? You know? like, mm. uh, And that's when you realize, like, he's just fucking lonely, man. He feels so isolated. And like, uh, and Arya's like, well, then at least let me clean it and stitch it. And Sandra's like, yeah, fucking, fucking fine. Yeah, uh, and it... Maybe, maybe that's, you know, cause even like why go through all this trouble just for a little bit of silver or whatever, but maybe he's mm-hmm. going through all of it just to, to have some company, you know, with him along the way. He's like, fuck King's Landing, fuck the King, I'm leaving. But then in this mm-hmm. way, I guess he has someone with him, you know, to, exactly. to go, go on his travels. But yeah, no, they're, Arya and him are, man, I, this, this was a, like, I, their story's always been good. Like, I remember back whenever, they killed like the soldiers that is the reason yeah. that they have the bounty. Like that was a really good scene whenever they were at that inn and sitting there. But this one I think is like, <laughs> whatever Roar just like, there's a bounty on your head. And he's like, uh, Oh, and you thought you were going to fucking collect it. Is that right? Rorge? <laughs> Rorge you know? I love how he's like, the dude comes up, bites him. And then Rorge is just like standing there after he snaps the neck. Like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, now, he's kind of like, well, I'm fucked like, now. You damn. know? Yep. Well, well, our plan did not go. He's as like, well. I was kind of counting on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> George, uh, you know, we do have an official Arya kill list, like an actual um, name crossed off the list. It was put on the list and taken off in the same moment. But she, she would have killed him. You know, if she knew the name of George, she probably oh, yeah. would have been on the list. So, uh, so no, no, I, I did like that. No Hodor's though at all. I, lo- I just, Sorry. I loved that scene, man. The way Arya's like. Mm. This motherfucker. Yeah. I recognize you. You know, like, uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to kill this dude bad. You know, like, like uh, this, it couldn't have gotten better. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I, it wasn't, yeah. didn't the hound say, didn't the hound say something about how this day's not working out for you the way you thought it would? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, uh, like, wow, this isn't going how you thought, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> something along the lines. Yeah. Like, it was a very good day for them, very bad day for Rorge and Biter Guy, whoever that guy happened to be, didn't get his name before the hound just you know cleanly snapped him off but uh no yeah this i don't know man this yeah if oberon wasn't in this episode and that that champion you know scene wasn't in there this this would have been probably the best scene of the episode yeah and pretty much any other episode this is like an easy fucking choice you know uh it's it's kind of incredible how good that scene was um so you know we've had we've had a lot of beef with D and D as far as what they've what they've done uh, in in other aspects of the story, but I want to give them some respect because that was a very well written scene, which I don't think we get a we don't yeah. get a ton of uh, 
and I wonder how just faithfully adapted that was. Like if it really was just like, this is exactly what happened in the books. There was no need to <laughs> do some other shit with it. But, um, all, all the while still in the Riverlands, Brienne and Podrick stop at, stop at an end where they, uh, are served kidney pie, which Brienne Yum. has to compliment. Mm, uh, yeah. oh, this kidney pie. It's very good. And it's hot pie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Act like he never left. Turned off by a kidney pie, but uh, and then I heard it was hot pie. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll actually try that from hot pie. You know, he's a this dude's a, a pretty renowned cook here. You know, maybe he can make kidney pie actually sound yeah. pretty good. Um, pretty good job. You know, he's like the key to food is yeah. the ingredients. Yeah, he just sits down, just completely on his own. Like, ah, yeah, no. Th- I- well, and then he says a bunch of stuff that feels blatantly fucking obvious to me. I don't know. You know, uh, the key to making good food is the ingredients you use. Mm-hmm. Gotta get a good cut of meat. You know, it's hard to find good meat around here. Gotta have good meat to have it be good. Oh, okay. Um, Gotta have good meat to serve good meat. Yeah. Uh, Let's skip out on the other. Oh, in the gravy. Don't, don't get me started the on the gravy. The gravy. Yeah. A lot of people give up on the gravy, but you cannot give up on the gravy. Uh, <laughs> no gravy. No pie. You gotta yeah. have the gravy for the pie. Yeah. The, the hot man. And they're just like, pie. okay, dude. Uh, yeah. Like, all right. He's like, you seem like you, you got armor on. You a fucking knight? Mm-hmm. In classic hot pie fashion, assuming everyone who has armor is a knight. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I just assumed. Uh, she's like, I'm actually in the service of Lady Catelyn Stark. I'm trying to find and protect Sansa Stark. And hot pie's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, Starks, huh? I don't know nothing about that. Well, I'm just gonna get up and go. Hope you from, don't mind. That uh, lot from Winter Hell, right? Like I love, yeah, like from Winter Hell. Does he actually know Winterfell, but he's playing as if he doesn't? You know, there. Do you uh, think I don't actually. He, he actually says what? Like he actually thinks it's Winter. He Hell. always yeah. he has previously said Winter Hell. Like whenever he was talking to Arya earlier oh, on really? the show. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, so I like that was. That. I don't know if that's necessarily him playing dumb and being like oh i really know nothing about that or if he does truly remember that it is winterfell and is trying to be like uh, winter hell i don't know yeah. nothing about them i mean he definitely uh, is playing dumb here because he's like oh yeah i don't well uh, he I, sat down and talked for five yeah. fucking minutes straight and then the moment the starks come up he's like well i better go uh That's you know yeah. <laughs> and brian and podrick just kind of look at each other like okay that was weird right but they don't inquire any further and uh as Brian and Podrick prepare to leave the end, Podrick looks at her a couple times and she's like, what the fuck's up, Pod? You got something to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, um, no, no, you know, you're, you, you know, the Lannisters are paying good money for Sansa and I don't feel like we should be telling everybody that we're just looking for Sansa. Feels like a bad move. And she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna do what I do. All right. This is how I do shit. And it's quickly paid off when hot pie approaches and is like, Yo, so I don't know no Sansa, but I do know Arya Stark. Um, and Brienne's like, she's presumed dead. She's been missing since season one. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah. obviously doesn't say that, but essentially she's been, she's been missing since season one of this show, man. What are you talking about? Uh, and he, he's like, yeah, but I mean, like I, I have definitely seen her. She's def- uh, last I saw she was alive. Uh, she was he, she was taken by some dude uh, with a burnt up face, and Podrick's like, "Oh, that's the Hound." Um, 
and you know i love the i love the way that they are uh they just kind of like okay thank you very much hot pie and he's like give this to her i love that like so they stayed overnight because this that's what the inn is for i'm assuming they stayed overnight mm-hmm. and he saw them and was like okay well i gotta tell them this but first i gotta bake this kick-ass wolf bread okay <laughs> i gotta do that i, I gotta do that before they leave Hey, um, this one looked a lot better too. I mean, this one looked made a lot of progress. Yeah. Our, our, our little hot pie. Um, I look up, Brianna's like, really, Podrick? Yeah, you, you want, you know, should we not mention this? Now, because they're definitely going to eat that shit. They're not going to wait to give it, you know, they're oh, like, no, they're no. instantly eating that whenever they're, they're on like the road. But, um, yeah, the way love- she's like, what was that? What was that you were saying? About not telling people about Sansa, you know, she's like, yeah, look at that. Now we're on track to find Arya. Maybe Sansa's there with her. And I, I like that. Uh, the things that you know we've seen previously, Podrick be kind of useless for, mm. you know, as as far as a squire is concerned. The things Tyrion did teach him are coming into great effect here, as they are going to be heading for the Eyrie after he deduces, you know, Arya's captor is probably going to try and ransom her and. You know, he's like, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be Lysa. Aaron uh, is the only place where she he has any chance of a reward. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we're going to head to the Erie. And I like the way that they showed, like, it's just so funny that, like, literally, if they go down one of those roads, yeah, they can't get to the Erie. Impossible. You know, it's like there's it's, no there's no connecting roads. There's no way we can get. From yeah. this point, no matter, you know, it's just, it's TV, you know, it Two is. Two roads that version of yellow wood. Yeah, a fork in the road, but I love how, you know, Podrick is just like, yeah, no, Lord Tyrion had me know where everyone lived and who they hate, you know? Yeah. It was pretty important, and now, I mean, yeah, now, now coming in and being useful, and even Brienne's like, uh, you know, are, are you sure about this? And he's like, eh, not really, you know, no. And she's like, <laughs> no. Okay. okay. You know, not I, that, particularly. I guess like, Maybe she was just looking for the honest answer, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, like, it's well, not... Th- I think that's kind of the conclusion there, is that, like, Brienne was just preaching, like, let's we should we should be honest, we should tell the truth, and our intention should be paid off. And I think it's him kind of following suit there, like, kind of being like, mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know how we possibly can be. We've just got to kind of go with our best guess, you know? Like, that's, that's all we can do. But, uh... That concludes the scene there, and we are heading to the Eerie for the final location, where, while wandering the Eerie snow-covered courtyards, Sansa tries to build a snow replica of Winterfell to the best of her memory. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of sad, too. You yeah, know, like, like this whole thing. She's even walking, like, sees the snow and just instantly reminded of Winterfell and then decides to build it right then and there. Like, yeah. she, like Winterfell's not even built. She just, like, looks at the snow and, like, she's like, ah, home like cold yeah. like i don't know usually everyone like you would think being in king's land would be nice like oh that's a vacation uh, weather but like no nah, the snow and like that being home to her like yeah this was all just just so sad it was Seeing good it. Man. Mm. uh but uh robin uh happens upon her and is like oh damn man that's cool you're building a little castle out of snow that's dope uh where's the moon door though bro you're missing something quite obvious uh, in every and ca- every like, castle has yeah we don't we don't have a moon door over there uh i can i can add one mm. rob's like yeah it should be right there and he knocks over a whole top of a castle and then we see sansa who is uh we were reminded still still a child 
Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. I understand this is close. This is important. You know, you're, you're remembering home. You don't really want it to be ruined, etc. The The kid knocks over a little part of your tower. You know, you don't, don't call <laughs> stupid, man. It's okay. Uh, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, every, every stupid she gives that the real stupid, you they've know, been I get, love... they've been getting a lot more prevalent lately. Uh-huh. You're stupid, you stupid little boy, you know, uh, yeah. slaps the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at first I thought the little moon door thing and like this just to have some conflict in between them, but I think it's more of like to show how sheltered Robin is. Like he actually thinks every castle has a moon door, and he's like, yeah. "No, he hasn't. He up. hasn't left the fucking Erie. This yeah. is where he's been his entire it, fucking life." I, it got me to think of like princes back in the day, like in the real world, were brought up in their castles, and like that's all they knew. That's how they thought life was. So like throwing people out of moon doors is just nothing to them because that's just how it's done. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you get like your morals are, you know, where kind of you get them from growing up and that that's that's how they stick with you. And I don't know. <laughs> the way Sansa's like, the moon door is stupid and and yeah. him being like, it's not stupid. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, like oh, th- that was the line. Yeah, like that's calling him stupid slap or like or not. I guess she hasn't slapped him yet, but like no, it's after, yeah, that, he, after it, he destroys the entire oh, castle yeah. that she yeah. takes it upon herself to slap the shit out of Robin. <laughs> uh, and she's like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And Robin's like, I'm gonna tell my mom. And she run and he runs away. All the while, Peter has witnessed this entire encounter and assures mm-hmm. Sansa that life is not going to be a problem. Uh, uh, children, I, lo- I uh, love Aiden Gillen and like yeah. just his voice, like uh, just he plays the character so well. Just the yeah, slime. and this does provide us one of the more disturbing scenes, yeah, uh, of the show where Peter's like a he he wishes he had been Sansa's father first. That's the first yeah. thing he goes to. Yeah. Um, like, he's bringing up so many details. Like, it's leading towards a kiss. And that's what I, like, and I'm like, yeah, I, and like, but but the details he says before. I yeah. could have been your father. And, like, what a child you are. Like, oh, and, like, all these things to, like, lead you away from a kiss, you know? Like, oh, that's not You're what, more beautiful than the woman I loved ever was. Come here. Ah, like, oh, man, you couldn't have said, like, like yeah, like, any worse things before this kiss here it was like just so blah but he thought you know he really thought that he was doing something here you know like i, I don't know I, like in his head is- oh, and i want i want to ask uh i i do think there's no question that peter is is attracted to sansa as a result of her looking like her mm-hmm. mom uh i think that's a big time definitely definitely happening uh but do you think there's a chance that he knows Lysa sees this and is he gets to act on something to protect Sansa? Yeah. No, that was the uh, other part that was, like, sort of making me okay with the kiss, you know, because, like, it didn't seem, you know, it was just, like, a, a smooch, and, like, he didn't, like, full-on try to make out whatever, and, like, you know, mm-hmm. so I think, and, th- and, like, it immediately show, panning up to show, like, Lysa, I'm like, okay. Yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. I feel like he knew that this would lead to some sort of encounter yeah. between Lysa and Sansa. It would justify his murder of Lysa because you got to think that his goal here is to marry Lysa and kill her so that he has control. Mm-hmm. Of the that yeah. is, that is 100% the case mm-hmm. from the get go. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think so, it's 50, 50 though here. Like it, like I think yeah, no, there's, 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 the, there's an alternate thing that like yeah. leads him to be like, well, yeah, but he's the other thing that I'm thinking is that for him to show up to the Erie with Sansa, marry Lysa, 
and then for Lysa to die, if Sansa's not aware of that thing happening, like wasn't there to see it, she knows for a fact Littlefinger murdered her. Okay. He needs a reason to protect her and kill her. Mm, and to get you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I mean, and and he probably thought far enough ahead that like, well, I guess he needed her to be in the room, like have a witness, because if it was just Littlefinger and Lysa, and then she ended up dead, like they'd be like, no, you killed her. Like if they didn't have the witness of Sansa to be like to lie, you know, they don't know. Good point too. Like, um, like if if they didn't have that, they would have definitely just found him guilty right away. But like he, and that's he the thing needed... is, if, is if it's if it's like any other character who does something like this, I'm not thinking like, oh, well, clearly he was thinking this far ahead. No, like this guy definitely thinks that far ahead. Yeah, you know, that's his the whole king. thing. Uh, he he literally just killed the king. Um, and so yeah, no, I think I think this is definitely like he, yeah, no, it's it's a perfect way to get because he knows Lysa will go crazy, not on him but on Sansa. And so he'll he'll know something will happen between them. Not quite mm-hmm. sure what, but perfect. You know, worked out perfectly for him. Um, yeah, big time. I, I think. I, no, I think that's. You know, maybe. I, I said fifty fifty. That like it's for for sixty him forty sixty five thirty five. Yeah, probably you know? more like definitely to get control of the of the veil and like all that. But like also the cherry on top for him is being able like, to kiss. Ah, this is the closest thing I'll ever have to kissing Catelyn Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing is that I don't even, I don't think it's even about Sansa, which is even like, there's no. a whole other layer there that I don't feel like peeling back. But, uh, no, because I mean, that's the line he says at the end. Like, I've only, only loved, ever loved one woman. Yeah. Like, it's and, just, uh, like, I think that's all he sees in Sansa is that it, it, there's some connection to cat, cat. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's, that's it. Cat's yep. dead now. You can't have cat. Um, but uh, later on, Sansa is summoned by Lysa, who delights in telling Sansa the gory details about moon door executions. And Lysa then grabs Sansa and is like, look down there. You see that? Yeah. How about kissing Peter? Huh? What if I just tossed you down this fucking moon door? Huh? How would you like that? Huh? And uh, Peter Sansa. walks in. is like, yo. Hmm. Cut the shit. Yeah. Uh, Let her go. You know, like, uh, let her go, let her go, let her go. Okay, thank you. Now you finally let her. My silly wife, my sweet wife. My oh, sweet. my darling, you are you are such a mess. I love you so. Rise, please, rise with me. Stand right in front of the moon door, if you will. Uh... <laughs> and, like, and, of course, he has to deliver a line to her right before he pushes, you know, like, makes her think that everything's okay. Like, yeah. My I've, darling, I have only ever loved one woman. Your sister. How brutal is that? For that to be your last memory. Like, Well, and then, not only that, the Moondor executions are, like, particularly br- brutal. Because, like, whereas with a beheading, you know, the moments leading up to the beheading are, you know, you're like, well, I'm gonna fucking die. You know, like, this is, this is death. But you're not actively dying as that's happening you know you 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 get your head cut off and that's it when he's like i've only ever loved one woman your sister she has a good five minutes to think about that before she dies you know what i'm saying like uh long fall you're right (laughs) because that's the thing with a fall like that like if you know you're falling some people that jump off like buildings they have a heart attack in the air so Mm -hmm. sometimes they're even dead before they hit the ground which is right but I like in in this like I don't 
Like, she didn't know it was happening. I feel like she's actually falling and, like, just thinking about it the whole time as she falls. Like, damn, man, I really got played on this one, you know? I wonder, Uh, I I was watching, do you actually see her splat at the end? I don't think you do. uh, And, like, okay, I was was trying to look close, but, like, yeah, I I didn't think. And I think it's effective in trying to display that they're not trying to tell you exactly how far of a fall Mm -hmm. that is. You know, they're just kind of being like, yep, she she just keeps fucking going, you know? That's kind of the vibe there. Uh, but that concludes the episode and we have another goodie on our hands. What, uh, where, where do you think we're sitting at with this one on a rating? Ooh. Okay. Uh, uh, enjoyment. Let's see. I don't know if it's quite, well, last episode was pretty kill. I mean, the trial was, was nice and I, I don't know if it, necessarily stacks up to that but like i don't know like the hound and aria like that's like, aria that over like, and Tyrion, yeah like Tyrion and jamie Tyrion and Bronn. like all these scenes were were just very very well done and I, like i'm not bored like through any of it and i want like to see all of it like i guess the like the slower moments of the episode would be like at the wall you know and thorns just picking on john right and, like, and like so, I guess that's like the lowest point of the episode, maybe. Yeah, I'm like my floor. I think is a nine two five. Like I don't yeah. think I can go. I don't think I can go much lower than last episode. Um, I, I don't like, think I can go higher though. I think it would be either a nine two five or a nine five, and I think a nine five or a nine two five is more where I'm landing there. I think I like that. Yeah, not not quite last episode, but but really really close to it. Yeah, I can, I don't think I can put it on the same level, but I think more like. Um, just evenly spread out this episode is than la- like than last episode though like i think this one is like throughout the whole episode i'm i'm enjoying it not i mean more cuz the the rating is still a little lower i guess but like i don't know i liked i a little more fulfilling i guess for some scenes um like the smaller scenes were nicer um, oh, i get that yeah and then I do i do i don't know I, this one was visually I, I i really like noticed it visually i mean i i finally on my tv i, I noticed that like I was, it was on this mode for like like if you're playing games and stuff so it was yeah. really bright the refresh rate very you know the blacks were like all blown out and like i finally put it on cinemat like the cinematic mode and whoa yeah. did that make a difference um yeah, tv like, settings I, are va- they're very fucking important i can't yeah. emphasize that enough um so this was it, maybe um i noticed the visuals a lot more because of that maybe you know and i thought it looked a lot better than other episodes but i don't know i think this one was just was shot that good though very well um and like i don't know i think like the writing of like i keep coming back to the hound and aria like that scene like how well that was written how well Oberyn's, you know this the like him explaining why he's gonna be Tyrion's champion like all of this stuff is like written very well shot very well mm. um performed very well it being pedro's first scene is nuts i still can't really believe that um but i don't know i don't know if it is it up to the same standard as last episode um uh, i think it, it 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 does a very very good job i don't think it's quite as well written purely from a uh conversational standpoint not necessarily like the situations like i think they handled the scenes very very well um like uh, where they start where they go where they end sort of Mm -hmm. in a sort of sense but that uh i think that there are certain things where like uh whenever the hound goes that's where the heart is that's how you kill a man Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel natural to me 
you know, and that's, uh, I think Rory McCann does about as good as you can with it. Um, but we, we, we got Aria here who she knows where the heart is. She knows how to kill a man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it kind of felt like a, it, it kind of felt like a, just a moment so that they could pull it through a couple seconds later when she stabs a man in the heart. Mm. But I think you could do that without making it explicit and being like, that's where the heart is. That's how you kill a man. That sort of thing. I don't know. I think it was, I'm, I'm nitpicking there, but that's, that's sort of an example of what I think, mm-hmm. uh, D and D do in, in their writing is, is mm. a little bit of a, they, they do a little bit of exposition when they don't need to. I don't think, um, like I think in a, in a book, if this is a line ripped from the book, I think it makes more sense. I think it makes more sense in a, in a medium where you're reading, not seeing, you know, That'd be really funny if they just like took this right from the book you know if like mm-hmm. we're we're saying like how well like we like the scene and like how the pull throughs were so nice and like yeah let's give dd some credit it'd be really funny if this is like oh i i i have scene. little to no doubt that that's the case if i'm being honest uh but okay i think okay. i think i i don't think i can quite give it last episode i think it's every bit as good looking but you know, there's nothing in this episode that's written quite as well as the trial, you know. Yeah, and that, uh, that it just felt so much more grand to yeah. last episode. Um, so I, don't know, I think, uh, like nine two five is the next lowest that we've given uh, episodes, like Oathkeeper episode four, and then episode two, Line in the Rose, we're given nine two fives critically, and then the next step down is an eight seven five episode one. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, if you if you scroll down uh, on the fandom in the books, uh, this episode is adapted from the following chapters of a sword, uh, a, a storm of swords. Our favorite scene: Oberyn Martell tells Tyrion the story of how, when he first met him as a baby, both Oberyn and Elia were disappointed to find he was only a dwarf and not the monster they'd heard about. Chapter sixty-five: Arya and the Hound find a dying man. He asks the gift of mercy, and the Hound kills him. Oh, it's too good. It's yeah. too good. It's. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just explicitly say that, like, yeah, that's what they did because it's D and D. But man, is it so good to find out that's actually how it happened. Yeah. You know? Tyrion, there's a few more. Tyrion learns that Cersei will name Gregor Clegane as her champion. He is then visited by Bronn in his cell. Uh, but mm-hmm. Cersei is arranged for him to marry Lola Stokeworth. Uh, I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, they knew these books were that good, and if I mean, it's like. Obviously, they're going to have to follow it pretty closely. Like, uh, ah, interesting. the The story over and told is a different chapter, and it wasn't back to back. He tells that story at a different point in the books than he does volunteer to be his champion. So they mm-hmm. kind of put that together, which is uh, I appreciate yeah, that. Choice. Yeah, I think that is actually better uh, there. That would hmm. so like he tells the story before at some point, and then later on, he's like, "Yeah, I'll be your champion." Like yes, even- yes, because uh, it's kind of a series of visits in the books where he's visited by ah. Jamie, then he's visited by Braun, and then he's visited by Oberyn. Uh, hmm. Okay. We see yeah, that uh, Arya, it, Arya learns about Joffrey's death, and she and the Hound engage in a brawl. That's uh, Those are nine chapters apart, the finding a dying man and engaging in the brawl. Hmm. Um, Sansa, yep, the 
pretty much every scene we spent time on is straight up, straight up adapted out of the adapted out of the books. Um, Which there's only so much I can hate on that. It's like no, yeah, like that's what I want you to do. Yeah, um, at, at like, the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't know what to you do, know, how to make you know what better. you're good at. Yeah. And what you're good at is just taking what happened in the books and doing it. Like I'm 100% cool with that, but stuff like this is what grants people credence in their idea that they are not very good beyond adapting things straight mm. from the books. Um, and even then, you know, they did make some good choices, you know, put putting those scenes like right next to each other and, and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I think those make a lot of sense. I think they made some logical choices that do, uh, do work. But again, work well for a television medium because again like there's a difference between books and tv and certain things will work in a book that won't work on tv and i think Mm -hmm. that they they did a they did a good job at adapting it the best they could um i and again i i talked like i i fucking hate D &D, uh but i'm still going to give this one like a 925 um i think yeah i mean they still gave us probably the best show that's ever been made on TV ever, you know? I mean, like, it did did come from the source of, of George R. R. Martin, and, like, that's where all the, the writing stuff comes from. But, I mean, without them, you know, I guess it could have been someone else. Um, but they did. I mean, no one really hates the first six seasons of the show. Everyone no, is, I gotta, I, like... Gotta credit D&D here, because they were the ones who... They pitched this to HBO. They were like, yo, we want to do this. Dang. It's not like yeah. HBO was shopping Game of Thrones like, ooh, who wants That's to do true. this? Yeah. They they brought it to Game of Thrones and were uh, they brought it to HBO and were like, this is what I'm interested in doing. Um and this is, I believe Ah oh, man, they'd uh, they'd done some work before this, which is interesting. I've never looked into this. Uh wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine, so that's good. Um no way that's incredible okay yeah that sucks um oh that's and then just a bunch of other schlock um huh they wrote that yeah at least david benioff did let's see if db weiss did that's db weiss did not write uh did not write x-men origins wolverine david benioff did um Huh. It looks like D.B. Weiss doesn't do a lot of the writing beyond mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, which is interesting. Um, D.B. Yeah, Weiss, he has four writing credits, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode, and then an idea of a video, Game of Bones, Winter. Yeah, Winter is coming. And coming <laughs> as in C-U-M-M-I-N-G. Uh, what the? Uh, yeah, that- it was D.B. Weiss's idea, this porn parody. Wow, that's... That's incredible. Okay. Um, uh, you know, you know it's based around Podrick. <laughs> no way. We would have we would have actually seen Pod Pod go into that town. Yep. Looks like it. Podrick performed one. by Anthony Rosano. Looks like oh. it would have had uh would have had Talisa and Rob. Would have had a uh, a, a random prostitute. Uh, someone called the Tight Walker. Tight Walker. Oh my God! We've got a Daenerys Targaryen and a Dario Naharis. Got an Egret and John. Got a Marjorie, a Cersei, a my Tyrion, God. a Joffrey, a Jorah, a Varys. White uh, wedding guest. White wedding. It would have been called the White Wedding. Oh, oh no! God. Oh, God. So, oh my God! Wow. 
An idea. Wow. I'm, it's just an idea. How they got this far as to actually casting people though? It's an and hour, then no, like it's a, that it, it, it was it was made. It's an hour and fifty minutes according to according to IMDb. Wait, like an actual porno? Yeah, I'm like assuming an, so. Oh my god, this is act. I th- no game of bones. What's the? Yeah, no. Uh, there's one user review which is incredible. Um, <laughs> one guy was brave enough to be like, "Yeah, I yeah." One person watched. was brave enough to be like, "I watched this and let's be real about it." Oh God, uh, it talented like- sex performer stuck in stupid parody. Leroy Myers, the director and writer of this parody, ranks among the most prolific porn parody pornographers. Pardon my alliteration. And here, put zero effort into movie making with only the sex footage salvageable. Oh, it's my. dumb beyond belief with crummy sets, awful wigs, stupid dialogue, and in the case of Tommy Pistol meets Dana DeArmond, embarrassing overacting. Pistol even recycles some of his amateurish, childish Pee Wee Herman imitation. Sex, highlight, sex highlights include a lengthy masturbation segment by April O'Neil with a large dildo <laughs> oh. presented in black and white with O'Neill wearing blonde with O'Neill wearing a blonde wig. Best actress here is Tanya Tate. Looking good and less tacky than her co-stars, having a hot sapphic sex with brown-wigged Aaliyah Love after Love recites a dumb recap of various characters' fates, including Hardy Har Har fake depictions of squirting and cum shots up into the air. Oh my God! Wow, that I think this uh, I think this review was uh, anonymous. No, uh, Lore underscore L O R underscore, <laughs> and Holy two people have liked the review. Two of two found this review helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well we know where D's minds were when they were making this show you know if this is this is just something he had to get out you know like like that's insane that he like this wasn't like is he actually like he he's credited with the idea and i don't know what that means beyond yeah uh, like how involved was he in this that's insane. he couldn't have been he couldn't have been very involved that's fucking hilarious wow though. Wow, what, uh, a, what a find there. That's Game of Bones. Winter is coming. Is coming. The white wedding. <laughs> wow. That's just like I would have Sorry never Sorry for all the porn talk, everybody, but we had to go with that for a while. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um Wow. You learn something new every week. Um But yeah. With this coming out to a nine two five overall, um, that makes it what, top three this season? Um, I believe so. Uh, nine five last episode. Then it would be episode two nine four two, and then to this one a nine two five, puts it barely above Oathkeeper episode four, um, and uh, still above episode one and an eight eight nine basically a nine there. So yeah. I think uh I think it makes sense. Makes sense here. A lot of a lot of good moments in this episode. Oh, uh, Lysa, Lysa flying over in the champion, uh, the hound and Arya. Um, and all their stuff. So yeah, I know this one was a goodie. I liked it. So I liked it as well. And we with go. that, I believe we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. We've got a $1.50 tier where you get nothing but written reviews. I uh, just uh, last week went to the Eras Tour in Kansas City, uh, the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, I wrote a review about that, the whole the whole experience, and I'm excited for you all to read it over there for a dollar fifty. Also, seeing a ton of movies, writing and reviewing them. Um, 
uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Past Lives. Um, I did my June first viewings top ten, where I did a little more writing about Asteroid City. So if you if you're interested in that, that's over there for a dollar fifty. And then for $3, you get all our audio content and fictional works. I wrote a short story that went up at the beginning of the month, and I'm very happy with it. And I hope you check it out, too. Patreon.com slash Penny You can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny follow on Instagram and threads at Penny Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and download some episodes. Share us with a friend. If, you, if you're if you a big fan of Game of Thrones and you know other people who are big fans of Game of Thrones, send us send us uh, over to them. They're, uh, give, give them the podcast. I think it's a gift that keeps on giving. I'm loving the rewatch, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see any reason why uh, anyone who loves Game of Thrones wouldn't love to rewatch it as well. But uh, now we've got uh, the... Christopher Nolan director spotlight going on right now in which last week we put out Dunkirk and this week will be Tenet. Mm-hmm. Yes. This week will be Tenet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very, very excited for you all to hear that. I was very happy with that movie, surprisingly. So, and we're doing that in anticipation of Oppenheimer this Friday, which we will be talking about next Wednesday. So lots of goodies over there. We've talked about the prestige. We've talked about Dunkirk. We're talking Tenet this week and Oppenheimer next. Um, very excited for you all to hear that. Uh, on Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film, wherein I believe this week is, is this one Electra? Constantine. Actually. Constantine. We get Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Electra was last week. Um, yes. Electra yeah, we... was last week. Uh, mm-hmm. We record everything so staggered. You know, <laughs> we, we we build up the comic book project. We build up some Christopher Nolan, and I keep bouncing back and forth for the release <laughs> dates. And I yeah. sometimes if I didn't have this calendar. I would be completely lost. I, I, I would you. not know. I get you. But yeah, Constantine this Friday. So that's that's another goodie for us. And then V for Vendetta next Friday. So we got a lot of goodies for you. And next week we will continue our Winter Is Blooming Game of Thrones rewatch with season four, episode eight. The Mountain and the Viper, quite the memorable episode, especially for those who uh, can't forget the sight of Pedro Pascal's head exploding. Um, With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And it is rare to meet a Lannister who shares my enthusiasm for dead Lannisters.